Hey, you are tuned into the Bold Church podcast. My name is Yasmin Ruhi. I am one of the lead pastors here. We're so excited that you can join us for today's talk. We hope it blesses you. We hope it encourages you. And if you find it useful, go ahead and send it to someone else whose day you can bless. If you want to join us, we meet live every Sunday morning. If you want to find out our times or where we're meeting, head to our website at bold.church or head to our Instagram at boldchurch. SV. Thank you so much and enjoy today's talk. Good morning. Good morning. Anyone have a high from conference? Come on. Man, you guys sounded so different this morning after what was deposited in you. If we have not met, my name is Ali, my beautiful wife and I. We started this crazy place called Bold Church uh, three years ago, and it, it is our fourth week in our miracle building. And, uh, can we just take like three seconds and thank God for two things? The building and what he gave us on the count of three this last week and what he poured into us. On the count of three. One, by faith. Two, three. Let's give God some praise. Come on! Thank you, Jesus! It's crazy. Crazy. David said in the Psalms, if I praised you all day long, I still wouldn't give you enough. Come on. We have to watch a Niners game and pray in tongues. Come on, so we have, so we have things to do. Uh, that's part of our worship this morning. Uh, but I want to introduce you to a, 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 a friend of ours that we've, we were so blessed to know. Uh, he is the founder of Theos U University and Theos Seminary. Amazing. We, if we're going to build up leaders and pastors, we're going to send them there. Uh, my wife told you the discount code, 50% off. It's the best investment you can make in your theological foundation ever. Uh, the charismatic movement probably in the last 50 years has been blessed to be anchored, anchored in a, church, in a seminary like that. But he's also the author of a book called Hearing God and a, a book that we're going to be going through called Killer Church. And, we're, and my wife and I loved it so much that we're like, man, as a church, we need to go through this. So it's going to challenge you. And we're going to preach on this for the next uh, groups. We'll go through it for 10 weeks. We're going to preach through it through seven uh, but can we give a bold honorarium welcome to Nathan Finocchio? Come on. Thank you again. Thank you. Have a seat. Thank you, Pastor Ali. And um, once again, great to be here. Um, had a great time last night. Was anybody here last night? And had a great time. That was really awesome to worship with you and felt the presence of God. It was so cool. And, um, and yeah, here we are Sunday morning in, in the new church. This is so cool. It is plain to me that God is moving in your church. Um, and that the hand of the Lord is, is on this couple, um, and on this church. And so, you know, your best days are ahead. And you know, buildings don't just get given to people. That's that's not that's not normal. Um, and um, so, Lord is going to continue to add brick by brick, and pillar by pillar. And um, so this is this is good soil. This is a good place to be. So, um, okay, let's get started. But before we do, let's just pray really quickly. Holy Spirit, right now. We need you to touch the 49ers. Right now, God. Philadelphia is not your city. San Francisco's your city, God. 
destroy the eagles. Let vengeance and wrath by your people, the 40, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Uh, if you're taking notes, look, um, I was going to preach on something, and I'm going to, um, it's going to be, I guess, somewhat in the vein. I just, I just wanted to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, and um, I wrote a book called Killer Church, and I, um, I, I, I love the church, and I believe in the power of, uh, of God, um, and I believe that the church is meant to be um, an exciting place where we, we meet with, with God, and that powerful things happen, and so I believe that uh, your pastor is going to be kind of taking you guys for the next couple Sundays, I think, through it, um, but um, this is, I guess, somewhat of a companion piece, and um, it's a strange title, but we're going to go with it anyways. And the title, if you're taking notes, is Sharks with Laser Beams. <laughs> Sharks with Laser Beams, okay? Um, and we're going to read uh, from Numbers 13. So we're going to start here in, num- in Numbers 13, verse 16. And we're going to read from Numbers 13, 16, all the way to Numbers 14, 9. Um, this is a really cool story. So here we go. Um, let's start with, with Numbers 13, 16. So, the, so basically what happens is Moses has got these people of Israel. They come out of Egypt. God destroys Egypt with the ten plagues and destroys the, the Egyptian army um, you know, with, with the Red Sea. It's just insane. And they're watching this. There's a pillar of cloud. There's a pillar of fire by night that's leading them. And when they're thirsty, rock like rocks open up and water flows out and when they're hungry like sweet bread falls from heaven and when they want something to eat like chicken just like fried chickens just like popping out of the sky it's insane God's taking care of them and they're watching all these insane miracles and so they so but the point isn't for them to live in the wilderness right the point is the wilderness is just a a brief preparation for the promised land for this place that is going to be absolutely amazing and so so um, the Lord told Moses, hey, I want you to choose one spy from each um, camp or from each tribe. There's 12 tribes in Israel. And so they get these 12 spies. And so this is where, this is the, the kind of the background. And so this is what's happening. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And previously it, 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 it gives the whole roster, these 12 guys. And, um, and Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, Joshua. So, for whatever reason, at this venture, jo- uh, Moses changes this one guy's name, Hosea, to Joshua. And then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is. Uh, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, like just spare no details, right? So sends these guys out. This is going to be about a four-month like journey for these guys to spy it out and get the lay of the land. Um, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to, Reha- to Rahab near Lebo Hamath. I don't know what I'm saying right now. It's just ridiculous. They went up to the Negev and came to Hebron. Uh, Ahiman, Shishai, Talmai, the descendants of Anak were there. Um, the descendants of Anak are giants. Okay, They're called the Anakim, and they're like these dudes that were... Mer- 
insanely tall, right? Um, Goliath, the, the, one of the giants that, that um, David is going to kill, um, he was descendants of, the, of, of Anak or Anakim. Uh, for a little bit of context there. So um, Hebron was built seven years early before his own in Egypt, and they came to the valley of Eshkol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two of them. Uh, they also brought some pomegranates and figs. So they have one cluster of grapes that's so heavy that two guys have to carry it, right? So it's like this place is very fruitful. Um, and I love how good would that be to like, have a huge cluster of grapes? It would be insane. I'd be like... <laughs> Yo, leave some for the people. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm hungry right now. Um, that would have been my problem as one of the spies. So, uh, so that place was called the Valley of Ishkol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land, and they told him... Uh, Moses, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. We saw the giants. Right? Um, the Amalekites dwell in the land of Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Um, so they brought to the people of Israel a bad report, the ten these 10 spies. So uh, Caleb is like, let's do this. Joshua is like, let's do this. But the, the other 10 are like, let's not do this. Um, the, and this, the, their bad report was the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. Not sure how that works. Um, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. All the people, okay? So everybody there is tall. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Enoch, who come from the Nephilim. The Nephilim are from Genesis 6. They're like angels that, that, that essentially mated with, with human women. And they created this like other species, is what this person is saying. Um, and we are, we seem, so, so this person is saying, these guys are like, they're half angelic beings. They're, they're like, they're demon people. You know what I mean? Like they're going to kill us. Um, and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. They're just crying themselves to sleep. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> that's, that's a funny verse for me. Uh, I was like, all of them? Wow. <laughs> and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will be, become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now there's a mutiny happening here. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, 
who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Okay, amazing. So, a lot there to unpack. In Revelation 21.8, I want to show you this verse. Um, this is a crazy verse. And so this is the kind of the end of the book of Revelation. And John is watching the you know God basically judging the world and put the, the world to right and what's happening here at this scene it's kind of this ending scene is there's all these people that are going into the the lake of fire right where do bad people go when they die they don't go to heaven where the angels fly they go to the lake of fire and fry see them again on the fourth of July <laughs> right do you remember that song Nirvana did a great cover of it. I don't know if you're familiar with their unplugged work, but it's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so you see, and you're seeing, you're seeing, um, you know, in this verse, there's all these people being thrown in the lake of fire, and you're like, yep, you, you, yep, definitely you. You know what I mean? Like the murderers, yes, yes. Hitler, you, definitely, dunk them twice, right? Yeah, you, and then some of those, like, oh, bummer. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, that sucks. You know, liars, ooh. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've, li- I've lied before. You know, like. Um, but then, like, you read the cowardly at the top, and you're like, cowards. Okay, Bible. Okay, Bible. Calm down, because you're saying my name, right? That that's me for sure. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm not kind of a coward. I'm definitely a bit of a coward. I'm a scaredy cat. Or some people call fraidy cat. Which one did you use? Scaredy cat or fraidy cat? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Some, some, some people said fraidy cat. I was like, what's up with you? You know, it's scaredy cat. So get it right. If you're going to insult me, say it properly. Um, but whatever you want to call me, I've got high anxiety. I've got a vivid imagination. Uh, I was never the first guy to do something crazy in my friend group, right? Y'all, you, you know, in your friend group, when you had like that dude who's just like, let's jump off of that. It was like, whoa, whoa. And, right, and you're imagining it and you're like just getting crippled, you know, by fear. My brother Gabe um, is, hopefully you meet him one day. He's an amazing preacher, teacher, and um, he teaches on Thasu. And my brother Gabe is Braveheart. He is William Wallace reincarnated. Right? He's got the, the face paint. He doesn't care about anything. He will pick a fight with anyone. He's, he's mental. And that's not the type of person that you want to roll with all the time. Do you know what I mean? Particularly when you're given to high anxiety. Do you know what I mean? You're just like, you just stress me out, bro. Um, he oozes with courage and, and, and bravery. I guess a fool's courage um, in retrospect. But... Um, I'm looking over my shoulder constantly, right? Like a nervous wreck, whereas Gabe's just kind of like, when we're in restaurants in New York, because uh, he lives in Manhattan, and he'll just start talking about like anything, like abortion, Donald Trump. It's just like, don't say those things here. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he's just, 
as loud as possible. Do you know what I mean? It's like, shh, shh. No, Gabe's just like, he'll go on some rant and people will just be like, look at him. He doesn't care. Like he's, it's unbelievable. Um, And I'm like, right? Like if you're, you know, depending on a neighborhood you're in or whatever. We don't say Donald's name here. I mean, this is Brooklyn, okay? Um, I remember from the time we were little, Gabe was always the, like, if my dad and, like, on family vacations and we'd, you know, go out to the beach or and there was, like, a rock that somebody could jump off of, Gabe would be the first one to swim out. And my dad just loved it, you know, and I'd, I was the coward. I'm the oldest one. But I was just like, I'm sorry, Dad. You know, I was like, it's okay. I have a real son. His name's Gabriel. You know? <laughs> Gabe's like, yeah, yeah. Jumping off a rock. Um, I remember one time, so we, we both went to Bible college from Portland, Oregon. And there was this, this, this 80-foot bridge. 80 feet is, an in, is insanely high. And it, I, I believe that, like, I can't remember the, the things. I think like 50 feet is like, like if, if you jump on a, off of something over 50 feet and they catch you, they will make you take like a suicide course. Do you know what I mean? They're just like, do you not, do you not want to live? Like what's wrong with you? You know, like it's part of the punishment. You get, get fined for jumping off heights that are over 50 with water. And there's this bridge, 80 foot bridge into a, into a river um, in Oregon, and we'd go there, not to jump off the bridge, to swim in this watering hole with all the normal people, but then there was these local kids who were daredevils, they'd grow up, and they'd, like, they'd be doing jumps off and stuff, and we are just like, that's insane. Well, of course, my brother jumped off of that bridge, and just like went up, and he's just like, this is high, and I'm like, yes, it is, I don't want you to die, I don't have to go home, I don't want to bury you, you know what I mean, like... It was awful. Like, to watch him jump off hurt me. That's how much of a coward I am, right? So Gabe jumps off. He's just, he's nuts. Um, We, I remember him jumping off, like, swing sets when we were kids. Do you know what I mean? You know, like, just a swing set, right? And then do you remember those kids that get to the very top of the swing, and then they just jump off? It's like, what is wrong with you? Stay on the swing. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then um, he would, uh, somehow he never broke bones, which is insane. Um, I was the one who fractured things. <laughs> why is it like that? You know, like, why is life like that? Um, we had this, this um, yearly youth group trip. So in youth groups, you probably know this, like in high school, you know, you have your yearly trip to like Six Flags or whatever. And we had this yearly youth trip. Group, group trip to Toronto. We lived about 45 minutes outside of Toronto in Ontario, Canada. And uh, there's a place called Canada's Wonderland. It's like a Six Flags, but even better than a Six Flags. You know how like Disneyland has no scary rides and Six Flags has the scary ones? Wonderland has like 25 insane roller coasters. It's just insane. And all of them are so high and it's just crazy. And, and I remember... Had, like the, the dreaded yearly youth group trip for me. It was dreaded, right? Like everybody else is like, can't wait to go to Six Flags. I'm like, mm-hmm. right? That was me. And um, 
And so my brother would, and his, all our friends, we'd roll, because my brother's only 18 months younger than me, two years, right? So, like, we kind of had this, you know, similar friends, and so we'd all be rolling, and they'd be all going on roller coasters, and I'm like, goodbye, my love, you know, like, enjoy, I'll just wait down here like an idiot, like one of the girlfriends. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I guess I'll just wait here with the girls, and we'll do our nails, talk, you know what I mean? Like, and the guys are doing these macho, like, really high. It's like the girls are like, I'm not going on that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, she, somebody needs to stay with them. I'll protect them. You know? And I'll just, I just make up, I'm just not feel like, and I'd lie. You know, I'm just not feel, oh, I'm just, I just ate. You're supposed to wait three hours, right, after a meal to go on a roller coaster. Right? So I'm just always eating, you know? And Gabe, on the other hand, Gabe just just everything stand up roller coaster, every every insane thing Gabe is on, and I wanted so bad to be like Gabe and to, and to to do it all, and I wanted to be the hero, and I wanted to be in on the stories and the laughs and the screams, but I just couldn't find the wherewithal because I have a melty heart and a wild imagination, and that's a horrible combination. Um. Hard, scary things deter me. I like um, easy things. I like quitting things. You know what I mean? When things get hard, I like to walk away from them. That's how I like to live my life. Now, I had a dad who didn't um, allow that kind of coward stuff. Um, he taught me to do the hard things in life, even the, the, the boring hard things, like play the piano. I remember I started playing the piano when I was nine. And I was like, I had this idea, right? I, I, I have great ideas. I just don't like to do the ideas. <laughs> See what I mean? Because they're hard. Ideas are hard. Doing them's hard, right? But I can dream up anything. And so I'm like, oh, I would love to be a famous piano player. And he's like, cool. So my dad bought us a piano, and I started taking lessons. And then like six months in, I'm like, and I'm done. That was fun, and this is getting hard, you know, like. And so my dad was like, no, we paid for this, and so you're, and we're paying for the lessons, and so you're going to play the piano. And so I remember, like, I would practice, especially during the summer um, in Canada, because it don't, it's only hot for, like, a week. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, he'd be like, I want to be outside. And he's like, nope, piano practice every day, 30 minutes. And he would stand behind me. I'm, like, 9, 10 years old, you know, with his hands crossed, and I'd be bawling my eyes out, <laughs> sobbing into the piano. I was like, Daddy! He'd be like, practice, you know. <laughs> um, I, I've learned that sometimes I have to do hard things in order to have good things. Uh, but naturally, I'm, I'm not a giant killer or giant provoker like my brother Gabe. I like short giants with pillows. You know what I mean? i like, oh, that looks difficult. Not. You know what I mean? I'll just steal candy from those two-year-olds. You know, like, that's my type of giant. Uh, my type of giant is, right, short giants with pillows, but not pool noodles. You know, poop, you ever had a hit in the face of the pool noodle? Those things hurt. Yeah, so they, they're not even allowed to have those types of weapons. It has to be a pillow, right? Um, you know, doing difficult things for God. I'm not, like a, I'm not into doing difficult things for God on my own, right? I, I'm more like, Lord, send me to Hawaii, Right? That was always my dream. You know, it's like, Lord, send me, make me your humble servant to Waikiki. <laughs> I will minister to all of the wait staff at every tiki bar. I will, and, it will, and I'll just, I will suffer there for you, God. Right? 
Um, I remember reading somewhere that anxiety is an, is an evolutionary reaction, um, an emotional reaction of your body when it doesn't have the fuel that's necessary to get the job done. Um, so, for example, if, you're, if you haven't slept um, and you're just like, and, and, and somebody asks you to do something, you're like, you'll start to get anxiety because you know you don't have it in you. Um, emotions are, are like warning lights that come on in a car, you know, uh, like, for example, when you're driving and you're on the interstate and you're barreling down the highway and it's saying, cling, like you don't have the goods, you don't, you don't have the goods, and so you need to, you need to get gas right now. Like that, that is how emotions, that's literally their, their job is to tell you things that are happening, um, evolutionarily. And I'm not using that in, in like a, um, some sort of strange godless term just in like how human beings have kind of developed and how, how life works if that makes sense um, it's designed to help you make the decision that will preserve your life that's what emotions are designed to do they're literally to, right like so naturally if you don't have the goods um, you're going to freak if, if you um, let's say you're, we're out in the wild and you see an animal and you don't have a gun with you, or you don't have a spear with you, you should have anxiety, right? Because that, that warning light's coming on going, you don't have the goods, run. Does that make sense? So that's what emotions do. That's what they're meant to do. They're meant to, to elicit fear so that you can make the right decision. So fear isn't always bad. Like, most brave people die. Or very young. You know what I mean? My brother shouldn't be alive right now. You know, evolutionarily speaking, if he was in, you know, like if, it, if this was 2,000, 3,000 years ago, he would have died a long, like right, nine years old, gone. You know what I mean? I'm going to wrestle that tiger. Don't wrestle. No, don't wrestle tigers, right? Like, um, so, um, so naturally, if you don't have the goods, you're going to freak. And, and that's partially what's happening here in Numbers 13 and 14. These guys recognize that they don't have the goods to defeat the giant, and so they're panicking, and rightfully so. Okay? Um, now, the problem is that the promised land wasn't on them. It wasn't about their ability. It was about God's ability. Right? Like, what's happening here at your church isn't on you, it's on God. That's what's happening here. And so you, 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 can, you can look at the natural and start to panic and go, oh my gosh, what are we going to do for a building? And, and you know, right? Oh, we can't do it. We don't have enough money. You don't. That's right. You should be kind of panicky about it. But if it's, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Do you know what I'm saying? You're hearing me. That's, that's how it was. It's an old saying. That it's a good Pentecostal saying there. You can write that one down. If it's, if it's his will, it's his bill. That's how it works. Um, and, and so what's happening is they were, they were mistakenly thinking that they were the ones that delivered themselves out of Egypt, destroyed the Egyptian army, made water come out of the rock, right? Bread fall from the sky, right? Chicken wings falling everywhere. They thought that that was, that was because of them. And so when you begin to think that it's all about you and it's on you, yeah, you Absolutely, when there's a, more tasks that are hard or some, God's calling you to something, you're going to think it's all about you and, and you're going to be panicky and you're going to be a total coward. You hearing me? 
And rightfully so, because God's not going to call you to small things. He's going to call you to great things. Right? This church is called to great things. Come on, say that to your neighbor. We're called to great things. What's the name of your church? What's the name of your church? Come on, your bold church. You are called to great things because you're bold church. It's in the name. It's in the name. Now, uh, this is how faith works. This is how faith works. Faith is when God tells you to do something and you believe God. And, 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 God is, and, and because you believe God, God is going to help you do that thing. Because it wasn't your idea, it was his idea. That's how faith works. Faith doesn't start with you. It starts with God. Right? Faith comes by hearing. Right? Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing. It's, that's how it comes. It doesn't start with you, your idea, your imagination. Right? It starts with God, his idea, his word, his imaginations. Now, and thus, it's okay to have anxiety about things that God has not called you to. You know what I'm saying? When I'm having anxiety about like jumping off an 80-foot bridge, that's good. That's a, I do not feel called to that. I can't have faith for it. God has not spoken it. That's ridiculous, Gabe. You're an idiot. I, you know what I mean? Like you get one jump, then we're going home. You know, it's like, you're hearing me. It's okay to have a bit of anxiety about things that God has not called you to. I mean, I think you should absolutely have anxiety about doing stuff that God's just not in. That, that, that'll be good because it's preserving your life. Oh, should you be doing this? There's a lot of stories in the Old Testament where God's like, you know, he's not in it. And people are like, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, you should, you should be a little bit worried. Right? And when people go for it and God's not in it, bad things happen typically. In fact, in this story, if we keep reading on, the people, you know, Basically, Moses is like, okay, you're going to all die in the wilderness. Like, no, 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 okay, we're going to go. We're going to go into the promised land then. God's just like, no, you, you, you messed up. You had your shot. And so then they proceed without God, and they get destroyed. Now, what about the stuff that is good to do, but not necessarily what God has called me to, right? So do it, pray over it, present it to God, you know, use wisdom. But faith, faith is, that's a response to what God has specifically called you to do. And your pastors believe the Lord has spoken to them. You hearing me? They got a word from the Lord. And, they, and so they can have faith for that. You can have faith for bold church. You hearing me? Because God's in it. Obviously he's in it. He's providing. We've seen the hand of the Lord on this thing. Now, if God called me to something and I chicken out because of the giants and lions and tigers and bears, oh my, Right? I'm, what I'm actually doing is rebelling against God. Look at Numbers 14.9. This is the crazy part, Numbers 14.9. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. I'm not just chickening out when I don't obey the Lord. When the Lord's given us a word, when it, right? Like it's, it's bold church. And you're just like, oh, I'm scared. I just, I'm just have all these reservations. It's like, it's not just chicken out, it's rebellion. 
Because if God's called you to it and you're, and you're running away from it, right? It's like, it's like the story of Noah. You're like, hey, I want you to go preach to these people. And they, they suck. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. <laughs> right? That wasn't just cowardly. It was rebellion. The cool thing, though, is that God saves Noah from his own rebellion. That's the story of Noah. Because he's so merciful. He's so kind. And that's what he's in the business of. He's in the business of, of helping cowards find their heart. Right? Even when we, and when we bomb out. Now, uh, once more, though. Failure to believe that God will do what he said he will do is actually rebellion. And this is the type of cowardice that the book of Revelation is talking about. In the book of Revelation, it's just saying people who are, who are cowardly. The, the, the idea there is people who are not faithful witnesses to the Lamb. It's people who were just, you know, like, oh, no, like the world's going to persecute me. And, you know, the, the, the beast and his kingdom, they're pretty intimidating. And so I'm going to just sort of, I'm going to get the mark, and I'm just going to hang out with them. And I'm not going to be faithful because this thing might cost me my life. It might cost me my job. It might cost me da 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 right? That's the type of coward that the, the book of Revelation is, is, addre- is addressing. People that are rebelling against God because of the, the consequences, that what, what might cost them to follow Jesus. Right? And I think that we have a, a major challenge in the church at the moment with some of this stuff. Um, God has told us to believe the Bible about murder, but we take up less politically hostile positions because ultimately we're afraid of the people. Right? God's told us to believe Jesus about marriage, but we take up less socially volatile positions online because we are afraid of the people. Right? God has told us to train up our children in the ways of the Lord, but we feel, fear people will call us crazy. Right? Uh, m- many of our young people have become cowards online, and they're ashamed of the gospel. Um, that, that, you know, that, that people sin, and the wages of, death, or wages of sin is death. That's, that's the gospel. I mean, read Romans 1. You want to know what the gospel is? Read Romans 1. And it's, it's really clear. And so the... the, the so, my concern is that there's gen, you know, millennials and Gen Zers that, that we cower to brands of Christianity that will allow them to be an empathetic hero, um, you know, that, that, that puts people's li- lifestyles over God's word. And, and it's not the church that they've rejected. It's not hurtful Christianity that they've rejected. It's Jesus. They've become an unfaithful witness. That's what Revelation 21 is is talking about here. The scriptures teach giving sacrificially to the work of the kingdom of God that is the local church. But we're afraid that God won't come through. That God isn't able to make all grace abound toward us. That God won't provide seed to the sower. Um, That if we seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, it will suck all of our resources out. And, and learning obedience is one thing because, you know, learning obedience, it takes a while. I don't know about you, but I had to learn obedience. Like, it's like kids. You know what I mean? It's like they learn to obey. They, they, they're born sinners. I mean, they, they, know, they know how to do wrong stuff like that. You have to teach them to do the right stuff. You hear me? And so it's the same thing. We have to learn obedience as Christians, and God is patient with us. And, man, I'm still learning obedience. But there's a difference between learning obedience and rebellion, Right? Uh, where we have stopped believing God that he is who he says he is and that he will do his word for us. You hearing me? Man, even when Jesus tries to reason with us, we push it aside in an attempt to be our own savior in an act of cowardice. Let's look at Matthew 6. 
Matthew 6, uh, this is what Jesus says. He says, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will put on. Like, like, what am I going to wear? I don't have any clothes. You know, like, oh, we're not going to have any food. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Jesus is like, they're lazy. They just play all day. Like, they're the worst. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you a little faith who's worried about, you know, your clothes. Isn't that cool? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, people who, who just don't know God. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows that you need to eat. God knows you need to pay rent. God knows you need to drive a car. God knows you need to wear some new 49ers gear. <laughs> he knows that it needs to drip Niners gear. Right? You need that new drip. Okay? God knows that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Isn't that cool? But you see, if, if, if I don't trust that God is going to take care of me, God's going to be providential, then I'm, going to, I'm not going to seek the kingdom. Because I have to seek, I've got to build my own kingdom. No, God's not going to provide. He's not going to take care of me. He's not going to feed me. I've got to, I've got to watch my own kingdom. You hearing me? And Jesus is saying, dude, it doesn't work like that. Let God be your provider. Just seek the kingdom and then watch God make up the difference and do what only he can do. Numbers 13, 16. We read this earlier. But, you know, there's all the names of of these spies were listed. And for whatever reason, Moses changes Joshua's name. His, his original name was Hosea, and it means he saves. He saves. Joshua saves, right? And, and Moses called Hosea, his name meant I save, or he saves, to Yeshua, which means God saves. And, it's, and it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's like this essential pivot for Joshua. The, just before he goes into, the, as a spy, the promised land, you know, his name changes from I am my resource to God is my resource. Right? Like, I save to God saves. Uh, imagine the mark that the name change would have made on, on Joshua as he left the camp. Right? And he's traveling for four months as a spy. And he keeps getting called this new name. Right? He's never been called this name, and now it's this new name. Well, Moses just changed your name, bro, so that we're, all tra- we're all calling you that. Right? And it's at the exact time that he needs to be this new person. He, he needs to be God saves as he's looking at those giants. 
as he's looking at all the inhabitants, as he's looking at all of the, of the, the blockages to the promised land and, and guys that look, they look they, they, there's like a gang over there, they look real bad. Yeah, but God saves. Okay, cool. Um, there's another tribe. Wow, there's another tribe. And, and everybody here just seems taller than us. And, but God saves. So the Lord's going to do this. You hearing me? This, I mean, this is huge to his witness. He sees Hebron. Uh, where God made promises to Abraham. It would have been a, a huge, and, and while Abraham promised this, uh, God promised this land to, to Abraham here, and he sees that spot, and he's thinking about his new name now, God saves, and okay, that would have impacted him. And he sees everything that you know, Yahweh is about to give them, which is God's covenant name. Um, Hosea you know, would look and he'd feel the burden, Right? He'd be like, this is, this is, we're going to get killed. Joshua looks and sees what God will do. Hosea would pee his pants a little bit when he sees the Anakim. Right? He'd be like, oh, I, I got to change. I need a little underwear change. Spies, you just 11 hang out there. I got to go over this bush. I had a problem, a little problem here, right? Joshua sees the Anakim and wonders how God is going to destroy them. Like, what's it going to be like? Is it a roundhouse kick? Is it going to be like fireballs that come from the sky, right? Is there going to be an angelic camel gang that roll up with matching vests and they're going to like destroy these dudes? Or Hosea sees the grapes, but his imagination runs wild, right? He catastrophizes everything and, and says everything hyperbically. Um, Numbers 13.32, we saw this verse, and this verse is hilarious. They brought the, the people a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying the land through which we're going to spy out, it's a land that devours its inhabitants. What do you, like, what? And I mean, like, the land, guys, the land devours its inhabitants, right? It's like, what, dude, what are you talking about? I'm sure that Joshua and Caleb were like, that is the equivalent, right? It's the equivalent of lions and tigers and bears. You're imagining things. Right? It's, it's the equivalent of we saw sharks with laser beams on their heads. Right? We, sharks with, there's sharks with laser beams. Do you know what lasers are? They haven't even been invented yet. But they shoot these lasers and there's these sharks and they come out of a sharknado. Right? And there, it's, it's, you're not, you don't understand, but I, I, I can see it just mentally, Right? <laughs> They are saying the dumbest stuff. The land does not devour its inhabitants. You, you're, you're a coward. And, right, and then all the cowards in the crowd are going, you know, they're screaming at each other. Did you hear that? I'm like, oh my gosh, there's sharks with laser beams on their heads. We are so dead, right? Because cowardice is contagious. Um, and so... And, and then they start saying, oh, it's better if we died in the wilderness. And God's like, LOL, like, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're, you, <laughs> that's actually a great idea. So, yes, you will die in the wilderness. Um, and that was the judgment that was pronounced on them. They're like, oh, you're all, this whole generation, you're all going to die here. And I'm going to take Joshua and Caleb, and they will see the promised land. But, y'all, you're going to die here. Isn't that crazy? See, when you're a coward, the first thing to run away is your imagination. Right? When you're not, when you're not, when you're, when we're unfaithful to God, to believe that God can be, can do, and is, He is who He says He is, and He's going to do what He said He's going to do. The first thing that runs away is your imagination of all the bad things that are going to happen. 
and you start to catastrophize and you start to imagine ridiculous things like sharks with laser beams on their head. Right? <laughs> these are all the things. No, if they do that, these are all the bad things that are going to happen. It's like, dude, dude, <laughs> when you are faithful, right, faithful, once again, not hopeful because you're just kind of hoping, you know, or like, you know, I'm going to, you know, the Powerball is at 618 million right now, so I'm going to buy a couple of tickets. You know, just, just I got to hedge my bets. Somebody's got to win, you know, like, that's, that's not faith, <laughs> right? Faith is God said it, and so because God said it, he's going to do it. Yeah. I, and it's his will. I know that it's the will of God that there's a good church in our neighborhood. That's the will of God. The will of God is clear. The scriptures, right, God wills that none perish. God wants to reach the city. He wants to reach this town. He wants, we need great churches, Big churches with lots of people in them. People being saved. People being discipled. You hearing me? It's clearly the will of God. You hearing me? So you can have faith for the will of God. But, and when you're faithful, your imagination, as in faithful, full of faith, right? And committed to God and his purposes. Your imagination runs wild with, like, what will God do? Right? Because it's full of what has God done. Right? That's why we read scripture, because it reminds us that God is faithful. He always shows up. Right? He showed up. And yeah, he showed up. I mean, what did God do for Israel? He destroyed Israel with the ten, or he destroyed, destroyed Egypt with the ten plagues. He divided the Red Sea. He destroyed the greatest military empire alive. Right? Like, if he destroyed Egypt, of course he's going to take out these, these farmers that are sort of tall. You hear me, right? He's going to make water. He's gonna, he makes sugar bread fall from the sky. He makes chicken wings fall out of the sky. He made us rich. When we left Egypt, we plundered them. Church, God has not brought you this far to leave you and forsake you. He's not. He began the good work, and he's going to complete the good work. God is going to supply every need in your present and your future because he has supplied every need in the past. And he's going to make all grace abound towards you so that you can come short in no good work. Don't allow rebellion, even a foothold, that God can't do what he said he's going to do. Allow the songs that we sing and the Bible that we read and the prayers that we pray um, to, to change your mind and to capture your imagination with the greatness of the God that we serve. How do we get the band up here? Where's the band at? There they are. Maybe, I was wondering, maybe they're in the, the back <laughs> playing cards. Just vaping. It's like, it's like, inst like musicians do. <laughs> hey, if God's called you to it, he's going to do it. Right? If you're a part of a kingdom work, if you're part of kingdom things, God's going to do the heavy lifting. Your bold church, be bold, 
be strong. What did Joshua say to the children of Israel? Be bold, be strong. When they're entering the, 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 the promised land, be bold, be strong. You know, bravery isn't an absence of fear. It is, it's courage in the face of fear. Doesn't mean that there's things that are just like, it doesn't mean that you ignore that there are realities. Right? It doesn't, like, when my brother jumped off the bridge, I know, I could tell he was a little nervous. You know what I'm telling? But, but he had courage. He, he, or he was brave. Bravery means that you have courage in the face of fear. So, yeah, you, you're, there will be fears and there will be intimidations, but you follow the word of the Lord and that's bravery. God wants to make you brave. Right? Where you, where you know, yeah, this is a little crazy, but God is in it. Now, um, you know, when Joshua, the first city that they went, do you guys remember the first city that they went to in, 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 in Joshua when, the, when Israel, they, 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 so jo- Moses dies and Joshua takes over. And the first city they take is Jericho. It's, it's, it's this city, they march around Jericho for, you know, seven times and they blow horns and the walls fall down. It's a pretty cool story. And when Joshua was like, okay, we need to spy out Jericho, he sent two spies not not 12 right he learned this lesson that like I don't send cowards to, to spy things out <laughs> he's he like yeah um, I'm gonna find two dudes that don't suck and I'm gonna build with them you hearing me honestly I think that in life you have to you have to hang with the Caleb's and the Joshua's, right? And it doesn't mean that you don't have, there's, there's not cowards in your life. You know, I mean, I, I'm the coward in my life. But but I need I need Chris Palmer's, you know, and I, I need Gabriel Finocchio's and David Campbell's and other guys in my life that will just be like, God's gonna do this, man, it's gonna be good. And you know, da 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 you hearing me, right? We only have room for one coward, that's me. I'm already here, I'm already occupying this space. <laughs> You know, but I don't need 10 more cowards. I need, I just need two guys that will be like, no, God's going to do it. You hearing me? Um, and I would just, you know, just practically, I'd recommend to you to stop counseling the 10 cowards in your life. That there will always be more cowards than Caleb's. <laughs> so identify the Caleb's and, and get your counsel from them. People who know the word of the Lord, they know the will of God, and they can encourage you in the purposes of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just pray for your church. Stand up. Father, we thank you for Bold Church today. What a great name. Bold Church. Father, we thank you for that name. I I really believe that God wants to change some names this morning. Not literally, you know, like you're going to all walk out with new names, like this is some kind of cult. Um, But, you know, uh, what what I believe is like there's maybe your name has been like you've just been you've been you've been a bit skittish and a bit scared maybe of really going after the things of God. And, and ultimately, I think one of the things is you, you, it, because you think that you are your savior. You think that it's all on you. And so that's why you can't be bold because you know what you're made of. <laughs> you know, I, I, 
I can't be bold. This is on me. I can't be bold. Um, but I, I just believe that God wants to, to, to bold is, your, is your, your church name, you know? And I think that some of you, you need to go, you know, no. This season in my life, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to pursue the kingdom of God and its righteousness like never before. And I believe that the Lord has brought me to bold church because, because that, is, that is my destiny in my future. Is I, I'm called to do great things for God. And yeah, there are giants in my life and there's, there's, there's a lot of intimidating things, but I'm not called to cower. I'm called to be a Caleb who takes land. Like Caleb was 80 years old when he, when, and, and there was still land yet to be taken in the promised land. And Caleb was like, I'm 80 and I'm still going for it. Give me that mountain. You know what I mean? Like some of you are like, oh, I've missed my prime. Like, no, baby, you haven't even started your prime. You know what I mean? Like God is for you. Who can be against you? You know, like God wants you to flourish. The righteous are, are, are these palm trees planted in the house of the Lord and they're giving fruit in every season. God wants you to be fruitful and bold. I just believe, if that's you and you're going, Lord, I, I need you to change my name. And really I need you, what that means is I need my imagination to be just refreshed in that you're for me, you're not against me, that God, you're gonna be faithful to your word and God, I, I wanna be, I want to be a part of the kingdom things because the kingdom, I can have faith for the kingdom things. Because if, right, if, if it's God's purposes, like maybe, maybe the, the reason why you've not been bold is because once again, you've been trying to be your savior and build your own kingdom. And it's time to go, I'm going to begin to build the kingdom of God. And see, when you begin to do that, that's where the name change happens. If that's, if that's you today and you're just going, God, I, there, there's a switch happening in me. There's something happening. I, you, you sense it in your heart. You're going, I just feel stirred to pursue the kingdom and its righteousness. All these things will be added into it. But I've been, I've been building my life, building my kingdom for years. And I, I'm, I'm laying that down today. And I, I want to take up the kingdom purposes of God. If that's you and you're saying, man, I want to build the church. That's what Jesus is building. I want to build the kingdom. That's Jesus is the king of the kingdom. I want to build. If that's you, just lift your hand to the Lord right now. And just say, God, I'm in. I'm in. Father, we're in. God, we're in. Lord, we just commit afresh to you to be kingdom people. Father, to seek first the kingdom. To seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. And God, we can have faith for that. And I know, God, that you will make us bold like lions, God. The Holy Spirit, thank you that you, you make your church bold. But right now, in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for name changes. Lord, even identity changes right now in Jesus' name. Where we identified maybe as weak, or we identified as, as, as victims, or identified as passive. But today, you know, we've, it's a warrior phase, God. Where we put the proverbial blue paint on our face. And we become these warriors for the kingdom of God. People who are doing kingdom things with kingdom purpose. To build the church of Jesus Christ. We receive that right now in Jesus' name. God, change our names from He saves to God saves. God, the, the battle is yours. The battle is the Lord's. It's not our battle, it's your battle. We declare that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening today. If you want to follow us on social media and just stay up to our current events, our social media handle is Bold Church SV. That's Bold Church SV for Silicon Valley. We hope you stay blessed and we'll see you soon. Thank you.